1: And greetings. Happy Tuesday here on the Steve Dace Show podcast edition. That would be me. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. If you'd like to join us, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E and our podcast each day is powered by CRTV. Speaking of which, we just concluded our television show for CRTV. Let's give the audience a preview of what is forthcoming at CRTV.com. Aaron, I'll start with you.
0: Yeah, um, you won't want to miss. I, I think we mystery science theater three thousand. Brett Kavanaugh's various clips from Brett Kavanaugh's interview uh, with Martha McCallum from Callum from Fox News from last night, and Todd said something last week or maybe even two weeks ago. About Brett Kavanaugh, and it comes to fruition in um, in what in what we listened to and what we saw, and you won't want to miss uh, what that actually is.
1: Todd, yeah,
2: um, as funny as Mystery Science Theater 3000 is, that felt like I don't know how long that segment was, but it's time I'll never get back. Wow. Uh, also talked about uh, Ted Cruz. Um, and him being accosted while, you know, trying to eat a Caesar salad somewhere because, you know, there are no safe spaces from the people who believe in safe spaces. Hmm.
1: I did not watch except for a tense 15, 20 second snippet that Aaron had in our montage on CRTV today. On purpose, I didn't watch any of Kavanaugh's interview so I could watch it and react to it. For the better, for the benefit of our audience in real time on CRTV today, and you'll get the full analysis if you watch the show at CRTV. Here, here, I'll give you a little tease here to follow up on Aaron just said that rant I went on on the CRTV show yesterday. Yeah, that, and and the podcast we did as a follow up to that right here on Westwood One yesterday too was totally fulfilled in that interview. That is a man who is not equipped to confront what he is up against. That is a man who has been convinced by the bushy Rove machine that mentored him, put him through the system, guided him to where he's at now, convinced him that the world works one way, and it doesn't work at all the way he thinks it does. He is absolutely ill-equipped for what he is up against, and they should not, he should not testify. He doesn't understand. Goodness, guys, even the joke I was making about Grassley calling for parliamentary procedure in order, the joke I was making about Grassley doing that just yesterday on the show, he literally does that in the interview. He literally does it in the interview. I just want a fair process
2: multiple times in the interview.
0: I don't want to give any more of your analysis and reaction to this away, Steve.
1: You're up against Marxists who accost senators at $300 a plate restaurants and I just I just want to I just want a fair process if you were hoping for Clarence Thomas's laying down some ordinance this is a high-tech lynching and I ain't and homie ain't playing that oh no (laughs) no understatement of the year no you were hoping to get Elvis James Brown might have even settled for some Garth Brooks back in his arena arena rock days. Dude, you got Lawrence Welk, brah. You got Lawrence Welk without an orchestra and, you, and you're going to send him up there against Che Guevara's revolution? Oh, no. Yeah, uh, that uh, was Lawrence Welk, yeah, I like that that. That, that. that can't happen. Okay. I mean, that, that was a dreadful overly consulted performance and you need to see why we think that way because if you haven't watched this and you don't see how we're reacting to it in real time especially if you think he's being railroaded you might think that we're being unfair the reality is You know what? Normally when I say I shouldn't say something, I went, I go ahead and say it anyway. This time I'm not going to say it. I I'll, I'll say it differently. Rather than plainly. How's that? Is that okay? I think it is. Okay. In the court of law, reasonable doubt matters when you're a defendant as he is right now. In the court of in the court of public opinion, there is no reasonable doubt. The court of public opinion is get busy living or get busy dying? Particularly in this era where our new national religion is false binary choices. Everything's a false binary choice. So either Brett Kavanaugh is totally innocent or he is totally guilty. There is no place for uh, Yaley, Georgetown preppy and shenan- animal housey and shenanigans. Doesn't exist. He is either guilty of sexual assault or he is being character assassinated. It is one or the other. And, if, and, and that was fair it was good questioning by Martha McCallum also probably the friendliest questioning he will face the rest of the way and it was very clear from the way that he was coached and the way that he was consulted that he was not consulted and coached for that environment he thinks this is all just a great big misunderstanding What was the analogy you gave, Aaron? It's like Vader is force choking you.
0: Yeah, and, and you're, you're asking, asking him for to negotiate. A fair process. Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: That was the. That actually was the answer for me that stuck in my craw the most. When when she says, "What do you think's happening here?" and he said, "I don't know." Dear God. I mean, you're you're a grown man, and a grown man who's trying to be on the U.S. Supreme Court and is set on the federal bench. You you people aren't looking for you right now to be. Uh, the Supreme Court—they—they're looking for somebody who knows how to stand in the deliver of a moment of crisis, yeah—and defend his honor with his wife sitting next to them.
1: That—that that, what we saw in that clip—that ain't a fifth vote against Roe, guys. Oh no! It no, no.
2: Oh no! That's where I'm the most troubled on this man. I really, uh, it. This is. I think it's more likely because of this that he supports Kavanaugh to try to get a street pack. She cried back with the ladies and things like that. I mean, one He's of that- his
1: defenses in the clip was, well, I mean, I stepped in for women when, when they weren't getting the law clerkships yeah. they deserved.
2: Yeah. I mean... I know. <laughs> so I, so I, I'm at this, it's not about Kavanaugh, but how, and if anybody has answers, you, the listeners, otherwise, how can you let this, this Salem witch trial... Uh, epidemic stand.
1: How can you not what, fight against it? That interview last night that we watched today. That is after a campaign of binders full of women, vulture capitalism. Yeah, you want to bankrupt America? Uh, you're 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 yeah. wrong about Russia being a threat, um, and uh, you want to deport everybody. And you're a terrible person. Mitt Romney stands up, says, I don't want a chicken sandwich because that would just be anti-LGBT. And I don't want to disagree with the president's motives. We just have some disagreements in policy. That's what that interview was. I know. He, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to uh, alter my original prediction. And the way and, and it won't come out on the show today because we recorded the show out of order to get Nate, our panelist on. But my original prediction has always been if she testifies, he's done. I'm going to alter it. If he testifies he's done. If he testifies he will not be confirmed. If you're Jeff Flake and you need him to give you some wiggle room so that when you go back into the executive producer offices at CNN and MSNBC and explain to them why you voted yes on Kavanaugh and spoil your David Gergen brand for their audience, that that won't give you the political cover you're looking for. That doesn't that doesn't say to Susan Collins. You know, straight up or fly right. That, guys, it's just a portrait of the political climate we're in. It's just another corporatist Ivy League Republican who just doesn't understand. And you know why? in a way, in a way, these guys don't understand why they are looked at as systemic cultural threats because they know they're not. in in fairness (laughs) to them in a a way they're like guys I like you better than I like my own base why do you hate me so much guys we all know I'm knifing my own base on Roe v. Wade three minutes after I get on the bench right so why are you losing your poop over this how many more winks and nods how many I mean I'm literally avoiding Uh the president of the United States when Uh we're in the same room how how many more how many more tips do I have to how, how much more plainer can I make it I'm actually on your team
2: But that's my point all along about issues Kavanaugh and otherwise. His best friend is them because they can't do that math. They are so hysterical. They've won with guys like him. Mm -hmm. They don't know it. They're trying to kill him people see that out in the open I mean it's it's now I go back to you it's bad people doing bad
1: things terrible people doing terrible things to other terrible people Terrible. so yes Kavanaugh
2: looked pathetic could he still come out looking at looking the least pathetic yeah I'm not guaranteeing it I don't even I don't know it's likely but that that committee will be pathetic I believe she she will be pathetic if she
1: doesn't testify you know she's lying because there's no way she watched that interview last night and didn't think I could do better than that.
2: But if she does testify that the odds of her look at look at the people who went in and screamed at Ted Cruz, it's very likely that that's who she is.
1: I will agree with you. Well we don't know. I, I'm uncomfortable with that just because we don't know. I, I'm. Fa- I think it's fair to attorney. I think, yeah, I, I, I think I, it's fair to say it's as likely as a as a more noble definition if, that they're if, as, that each are as likely. I think that is fair.
0: I think if you put yourself in Brett Kavanaugh's shoes as well, just coming right out and telling saying that she's a liar. Well, now you're opening yourself up for legitimate, uh, I say legitimate in in air quotes legitimate. Um, causes for concern from the Lisa Murkowski's. and so- Oh, are you? is that the way you, uh, you know, is that, is that the way you practice jurisprudence? Is you just label somebody a liar without getting all the facts? See, if you're in his shoes, it's dumb. Yeah, but if you're in his shoes, I mean, uh, you're already getting people saying it's just because of your policy that you can be railroaded. I don't think he thinks like that, but I don't know. I think he, it was just, it was all lawyer speak and um, hushed tones the whole way through. And that's just...
1: Yeah, whoever gave him the advice to do that interview last night, it, 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 it should be fired right next to the person who told Trump to nominate him in the first place because it would be so much simpler than nominating Amy Coney Barrett. But that's all, again, that's all bushy Republican-era stuff refusing to acknowledge the existential cultural conflict. Refusing. And think again, they can just negotiate their way out of this or find some middle ground. There isn't a middle ground when one side says, we're, we're invading your homeland and we don't take prisoners. There's not a negotiating with that. That's, they're, they're not Trump. They're not just throwing poop out there for, to, to get for leverage. These are people who mean this stuff. They will freaking end you. End you if they can. David Limbaugh asked today, I wonder if they put people like us in camps if they could. I don't know. We had a freaking sitting U.S. senator who looks like a sweet old Hawaiian grandmother who's on national television Sunday saying, well, if I don't agree with your policies, I can just treat you as subhuman. I think you kind of got your answer there. Yep. You know I mean, when your opponent's telling you who they are, I kind of think we ought to just listen to them, you know, and they're just blatantly openly saying it. CRTV.com. Promo code DACE. Now I'm thinking it was a mistake to wait and watch that in real time. That I <laughs> Yeah might have given the audience more truth than maybe they wanted or could potentially handle. Watch
2: I saw that. the color of your chakra just totally change in that moment.
1: <laughs> I was trying not to give any tells. I did good the first few clips. Solid. We got to like clip five, and when he threw in the, I stood up for women and for, for female clerkships, that's where I just, I, I couldn't see, hold my water anymore. See, that's that's where I just, I couldn't do it anymore, was with that. I saw okay? your
2: reactions to me. See, I was I had the the deficit of trying to have to my answers needed to be accountable for the very next answer like is he going to pick it up do right. I, I don't want to bury it. so yes and, but yeah but you didn't have to do that so your you, your look on me was like you're it's it's only going to get worse i know i i know it. this is why i made you go first <laughs> so i didn't have to do that
1: calculus <laughs> Uh, you can watch it for yourself today, and why wouldn't you want to watch it now? CRTV.com, promo code DACE, is how you can watch all of our shows at CRTV and get a discounted subscription for just a quarter a day. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. All right, let's get to some Pop Culture Tuesday. This is we look at the intersection of pop culture and conservatism. And one of our listeners, Grant Sisson, he's a student at Liberty University, Says, I'm a big fan of you guys' show. I wanted to suggest that on a Pop Culture Tuesday, you guys take some time to review some TV shows, especially maybe stuff that's popular or stuff you watch on Netflix. Keep up the great work. Well, I think this would be kind of cool. And so, what I've asked everybody here at the show, myself included, shows that are currently on TV or, you know, maybe just recently wrapped up their run. All right. So, like, ended in like 2015 or, or, as, as late as 2015, before that wouldn't be recent, all right. So it's on now, or it wrapped up its run in the last few years. Shows that you watch that we, we that we would call current. What are your personal top five shows? And then tell each of us what you think the show says um, uh, when it comes to conservatism, when it addresses those themes, etc.
0: Okay. So, Aaron, I am going to start with you. Cool. Start with your number five. Um, my number five, uh, this will be an ongoing theme, I think. Uh, n- number five is House of Cards, and it's a distant fifth place. Um, it's, we've talked about it numerous times, and I think what it says about um, conservatism more and more is basically what we just got done talking about. This guy, um, and I don't know what this upcoming season, if it's even out yet. I haven't even watched it's it. It's not out yet. It's not out yet. And, but, and
1: they've written him out of the show yeah, because of written, the allegations, and Claire's president yeah, now. Uh, yeah. Spacey's
0: character is basically um, basically an antichrist, not the antichrist of the end, anti- but an antichrist who is just, um, and I mean, he very well could be the antichrist, but he is an antichristological Boy, that's not a word. It's a pretty
1: good, uh, good made-up one, yeah, though. it's a great oh, made-up yeah. word.
0: Um, figure. And, I mean, he he does things like uh, literally taking a whiz on his father's grave, taking a whiz on uh, a crucifix, um, things like that. So, anyway, it, it says a lot about conservatism because um, this is really what we're up against. We are literally up against hell. Um, unfortunately, we have... People who are only willing to wave, uh, like you just knocked on talking about, waving a parliamentary point of order against the raging typhoon of hell, against Mm -hmm. the gates of hell. And um, this is, I don't know, it it, it shows the flip side of that, I guess I would say.
1: Todd, have have you watched the show at
2: all? Oh, yeah. Well, I gave up after season
1: two because it was forgetting what made it great. And now, I mean... I agree. I agree that in season two it forgot what made it great and then it rebounded very strongly after that.
2: Yeah. But, but now, I, this is what... It, you needed, right, to get it, it needed to get its out. rainbow She's... jihad
1: points in season two, right? That's kind of what probably what started to annoy you. The witch. It, it, it kind of needed to get its rainbow jihad points, score its rainbow jihad well, streak credit but in season it just, two. It's,
2: it, it just felt like it, it, it wasn't um, the Antichrist. It was just more politics as usual i mean that i thought season one was a stroke of genius but uh and maybe it's return but i don't even know how that's possible now with spacey not even in it
1: well we have no idea how it'll finish but season three was great and um when i when i knew this se- when i knew this show got it and I, it and it's on my list as well by the way and it's number five on my list as well um when i knew this show quote unquote got it is when spacey's spacey is basically bill clinton and uh robin wright is basically hillary clinton moderate quote-unquote moderate southern democrat who's who's perfectly at home in the church comes to washington and machinates with leftists and um the wife is the true ideological believer the husband just wants power for power's sake but the wife is the true crusader and views herself as a feminist icon and every but the problem is every time she attempts to do something on her own in the show she is a failure like Hillary Clinton without him she makes him better okay that's the great irony of this is they're a feminist progressive power couple and yet they are they're actually a really good representation of complementarianism that a lot of conservatives believe. Her presence makes him better. If she wasn't there, he would go off and just do all kinds of crazy things just to push buttons and do joygasms with no strategy. Like, he would be an id. He'd be a Trump. What makes him more of a Bill Clinton than a Trump is her presence. She is much more calculating. And so she guides him on how to use his sociopathic gifts in ways that advance their crusade, their cause, rather than have it, you know, just blow up in his egocentric face all the time. And then she starts to think, well, if I can mold him the way that, you know, if I can help mold him in a way that makes him better, why do I need him at all just do this myself? And every time she tries to do something on, herself, on her own on the show, she fails miserably. Because while she's more cunning and ruthless than he is. She's less likable, less empathetic, um, and more robotic, meaning people don't like her. She doesn't relate to people. Does any of this sound familiar to you, by the way? Any of this sound familiar at all? No. Yeah? No? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and I think where this show really hooked me was early in season one, because this was a total Clintonian triangulation move. He sister soldiered the teacher unions. Do you remember that in yeah. season one? Yeah. Repassed like this massive education reform by screwing over the teacher unions to make him look essentially more moderate, <clears throat> pardon me, more centrist, and to get a bunch of Republican votes. And what the show also does very well, the, the they've been involved in a presidential election over the last season, and the Republican nominee is a moderate New Yorker, military hero who hates his conservative base. remember when I said that the only smart thing David Hogg has said and he got, he got panned for this more than anything else but it's actually the only smart thing that he said is when David Hogg said he knows a lot about American politics as he watches House of Cards he's right on the money about that and essentially in the show conservatism isn't even contemplated it's <clears throat> it's an inner battle between more Machiavellian Democrats like Frank Underwood, true believing leftists in his own party, and Republicans squishes. and Republican squishers who just want to cut deals and help corporate America. Guys, and and the real existential things that audiences like this show care about, that drive you to shows like ours, one of those ever discussed on this show. Never. They're never con- never they're never even contemplated never talked about if that ain't one of the most accurate portraits of American politics they even had a character when Cruz was beginning to his ascent politically there was a character on the show that was clearly based on Ted Cruz yeah that I was a, a, the, that. a clear true believer conservative yeah. and they just, they just outmaneuvered him and made him look like a nincompoop for being stupid enough to actually believe this stuff the reason why people in Washington love this show is because it almost perfectly captures the people in Washington. And there's nothing more we love narcissists than our, our own reflection. It's almost like uh, uh,
2: a nefarious plot in terms yes. of it just putting it out there because yes. you know you, no one's going to be yes. able to stop it now. Yes,
1: and I think that's the show's brilliance. That's fun. Do you have a number five?
2: You're gonna have to give me a little. I don't watch as much TV as I think uh, you do, uh, and if we went too deep, I, I mean, we we'd end up having a list that was similar because we've liked this, you know, Battlestar Galactica and things like that. So number five is competitive cooking shows on oh the Food my. Network. I love
1: watching those. Oh okay, my. yeah, yeah, I watch reason... those to my kids all the time.
2: Uh, from Chopped to Beat Bobby Flay. Here's the thing: they they introduce the chefs with a brief little uh, bio, and a lot of times some of them are, uh, have causes. Um, you know, they talk about their partner, or uh, the, the, you know, they're gay, whatever. But it's all of that stuff. In my experience, and we watch a lot of it as a family. It, it's 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 an asterisk because at the end of the day, it's the food always wins. I, I, they will not. There's sob stories about what they why they really need the money and what it would go towards. It's about excellence at the end of the day, no matter who you are. Uh, and in an age where uh, you know the fools ripping on Ted Cruz said what we're anti anti borders, anti this, anti capitalism. This is just about capitalism. It's about. Bringing a skill set mm-hmm. into the market and having it being recognized for what it is. So uh, it's a bit of a cheat. It's not. It's it's not fiction. No, it doesn't um, have to be
1: fiction. It could be anything. I think I, that's fine.
2: I find it refreshing that it's they. They never seem to cave based on. Pure emotionalism.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I like watching with, I watch them with my kids. You know, the, the baking competitions, particularly the ones that are at this time of year with Halloween and Christmas. Mm-hmm. We'll watch a bunch of those. All right, who, what's your number four, Aaron? Uh,
0: number four, and uh, it's my number four f- uh, for a lot of the same reasons, just not quite as well done as my number one, which we'll get to later. It's uh, Ozark. Um, you know, uh, it, what, what the... <laughs> What the show actually says uh, explicitly about conservatives uh, or conservatism or uh, anything regarding Christianity is really, really negative. Um, One of the guys in this last season who is the um, Republican Billy, it turns into House of Cards very quickly in the second season. Um, And I... I'll, I'll give a g- brief overview of the plot. Um, some really brilliant numbers um, guy, who uh, his name is escaping me now. He played uh, he played the, the lead character in Arrested Development. Man alive, I, his name is uh, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. Bateman? Bateman, thank yep. you. Um, Yeah, he's a brilliant numbers guy. He's working for um, drug cartels in Chicago. Uh, Essentially, he has to go to the Ozarks in Missouri to essentially save his life and create a new market um, and a new way, a new kind of pipeline for the cartels. And so that's where the show is set. Anyway, um, this show gets very political because they're trying to open up a casino. I don't want to spoil too much uh, for anybody who's in the process. They're trying to open up a casino to launder money in the Ozarks in the second season. And the guy who they enlist to help them kind of move and shake things in the Missouri uh, legislature is some uh, guy who was on the outside and he wears a, 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 a cross with an empty, or a, a necklace with an empty cross on it the entire time. He's a guy who, who is a billionaire, um, lobbyist type, um, you know, business tycoon, um, who is the most, who from the outside, is just you know clean as a whistle, and is seen as uh, a great Christian, uh, but behind the scenes is just the worst person ever, uh, and his last name is literally uh, Wilkes. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, that's what the movie, that's what the show says about. Uh, explicitly says about conservatism however what it implicitly says about conservatism it's very much a show about human nature very much a show about um um uh, human nature and natural law in that people always reap what they sow and it is fascinating in kind of a morbid way it's one of those shows you watch once and you don't really want to watch it over again um, but it is fascinating how the writers and Jason Bateman actually is, I think, the, the director of this as well. Um, every single character, so far anyway, has reaped everything they sow. Um, although the main character manages still to hold everything together, but it does—it really, literally, is um, starting to become a house of cards. Uh, which will be, which will be interesting to see how uh, how things um, resolve in in season three.
1: Have you watched this at all? Nope. So, on your and my wife's recommendation, I have watched the first two
0: episodes of this show. Yeah. Get the fast-forward button ready.
1: Okay. Um, And what you're telling me, I'm not surprised this is where it goes. This this strikes me as a show that makes all the right conclusions – about what's wrong with the human condition and hence the natural law is in effect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But strikes me as then it will offer no there You'll, are no solutions. It's nihilistic, yeah. yeah. It's very there, there, that there are no solutions okay. and that what we believe either is part of the problem as which is what you just described or um it can't even be contemplated like it doesn't exist in this universe
0: uh, yes okay. uh, it, that is that would be correct and I will contend that that is different than the number one show on my list okay
1: you haven't watched any of this yet no okay all right then I'll go to my number four on my list Um, and I know you will like this Todd I have Black Mirror number four on my list and when this show is good it is transcendently good. Um, there's a couple of episodes where you're like, uh, these aren't any good at all. It's essentially a modern version of Twilight Zone. It's a modern R-rated version of Twilight Zone. But at times it's social commentary is brilliant. Um, this past season, the episode where the uh, um, uh, the software um, tycoon, creates his own Star Trek-like virtual reality to live in and manipulate other people. That episode is is great. I think the best... Ep- now, the most famous episode of the show, and the one that put it on the map, is the first episode that you watched. It's the
2: one that broke me.
1: Yes. Yeah. The best episode of the show, and maybe the best episode of any show I have seen since... You know, Battlestar Galactica lost, went off the air. Is the episode with Bryce Dallas Howard about social media networks essentially governing existence and everyone's goal is to get ups and likes? It's, it's true in China. Yeah, and it's becoming it's true. true in real life. Yes, it is true. It is that, that, as a singular episode, is as good as any episode of any show i've seen in recent years so i think in in this show that those aren't when this show's social commentary is on it it's it's sheer brilliance and so it is number four on my list yeah that first episode was brilliant i just i felt
2: if i if i have more i i can't I just can't. I, I couldn't look at that level of reflection on the culture because the end of the first episode, as uh, as ghastly as what it says about the particular prime minister and what he had to go through, it's really not about that. It's at the end, the man who manipulates all this, he wanted to show the entire public how pathetic they were. Yeah. Because they'd all be watching this. Yeah. And he could just walk out into an empty street and just drop off the hostage that was behind yep. all this, and he still wanted to do this. Just to, he wanted to do this to make a point, to stroke his own ego. But he also knew, on some level, because I know you people are so pathetic. Like you're not even going to learn from this, anyways. Yep. And it, it was just layer after layer you peel back. Oh, it's worse still, and it's worse still. And I know this, and I know. I bet that episode is great, and maybe I'll trip across mm-hmm. it eventually. But I. Uh, I you get I, dude, too close I, to home, man. I need to go. I, I need to go watch
1: Food Network to yeah. make sure I, know, I can I come I, in and ship I, for I hear you. I hear you, Aaron. Are you a fan?
0: Uh, uh, Black Mirror? No, mm-hmm. I am not. Okay. No, I haven't even tried it yet, so uh, I guess I can't really make a, a decision one way or the other.
1: All right, you're number three. Oh no, you're number four.
2: My number four. I started uh, watching it just in the last month because I wanted to know what it's about since it's coming back. Last Man Standing. It's great. It's just it's just a throwback to the way sitcoms used to be done, Steve. It, it feels just like an old sit. It doesn't try to do too much with the storyline, and that, but uh, but then with its 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 jokes, its conservative jokes, um, it it's it, it nails it in many ways that are both a good laugh. That there's enough philosophical heft to it that it's. There's real meat on the bone, but it's also not sitting there and, you know, trying to be the the summa theologica either. It's just I was surprised. I thought maybe this would just be uh, conservatives are just so hungry that they're latching on to anything. And it's our tribe. It's It's actually good. And I hope it stays that way. It's solid.
1: My family loves it. I've watched the first half of season one. From and what I've seen so far, I liked it quite a bit. What about you, Aaron?
0: Uh, d- uh, of Last Man Standing, yeah. I have not seen any of that.
1: Okay, you're not yeah. really his target demo, though. No, guys like Todd that, and I are. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right, you're number three, Aaron. Uh, the Grand Tour, and it doesn't really say anything about conservatism other than and this is a very big than other. Um, it's just the fruits of freedom and liberty, and. It that's really all this show is about. It's just three friends, three guys, who d- just go on zany high drinks with zany and sometimes amazing cars all around the world. And it is it, it is such a fun, uh, f- such a fun deal. Uh, it that that's basically the only thing it says about about conservatism is is uh, just what the what the the you know what what is the quote that you shared a few uh, a few weeks ago, Todd, um, you know, my great-grandfather studied uh, oh. war, so, you know, my... Grand- so I
2: could study philosophy, yeah. and the, my children could study the arts. I yeah, guess.
0: this is the arts. I mean, it, it really is. It, it's just a fun show. And um, it's on Amazon Prime now, because these three guys used to be on uh, the show called Top Gear, which is the, basically the exact same show on BBC, and Jeremy Clarkson punched a producer, and so he got fired. That wasn't the real reason... Um, he got fired, but there's, I mean, there's some there's some under, uh, underlying um, uh, themes about masculinity and, and what that entails uh, throughout the show um, that we're not all just, you know, you don't have to be, to, to be a guy, you don't have to be a, a sissy. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just a, it's just a fun show. Also, they hate anything having to do with electric cars.
1: <laughs> so. all right i've never watched this show what about you todd sounds interesting nope, though haven't okay. no nope.
2: probably not my demographic i don't know maybe it is
1: okay my number three is daredevil and um i think it is the best show that netflix has produced um the scene in season one where he goes in to the drug house just the and, hallway scene or the hallway and just freaking opens a can one holy just crap dude daredevil. one cut it was amazing yeah. yeah
2: I still didn't keep watching but it was amazing
1: and then there's this, then, the, then the, the end of season 2 where he takes on all of the hand ninjas on the roof you know, I'm even thinking about that right maybe, now. Have you noticed the tone of my voice is picked up? Maybe I got to give this another shot. Like my I, testosterone yeah. level, just like somebody lit my pilot. It's like the pilot light is on. Like I'm ready to go right now even thinking about this.
2: You know what happened to me? I started watching this after I had given Green Arrow a shot. Yeah. I, and I was fatigued. Green Arrow just, it was it was not going anywhere fast enough for me. And I don't know the lore of green arrow so i i don't have the geeky reasons to eat. Yeah. and i think by the I, I think i i have enough time in between now. I mean i haven't watched this in a See, more I would think yet. this should
1: be right up your alley. This guy here's a de- okay. this guy's a devout catholic badass. Yeah, no, I know. That's and he's what... trying to figure out how he reconciles taking the law into his own hands yeah. with the law of god. And he wrestles with this all Throughout, he regularly goes. I mean, he's at confession on a regular basis. He is really trying to work out his salvation in fear and trembling. Basically, okay. how do I? How do I walk this line? How do I use this power? Nothing in the universe is an accident. All right, um, and so even though it's an accident that caused his blindness, that gives him his power. Um, you know, there's a purpose to it. And you know the classic Marvel line from Spider-Man: "With great power comes great responsibility." So how do I use this power to defend the innocent without becoming like that which I am opposed to? Which does that sound like a, a conversation that's right. been happening around here? Right. Uh, you know, for the last few years. So I, I freaking love this show. Love it. What season is it in right now? They're, they just started teasing season three's coming out soon. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to go back to it. Are you a daredevil guy, Aaron?
0: You know, I watched the first season and I was, there's, I mean, you, you have to kind of pace yourself cause there's, it seems like the, the, the sound effects. Oh, this is where I complain about how there's too much punching. Isn't there? I remember we've been there. We've been here oh before. Um, no, the sound America, effects I'm for the, the the punching and the kicking are like really loud. And it's, it's, you know, the maybe sound
1: effects for gosh, the hitting are loud.
0: It's, it, you have he, to pace yourself. He I sounds like Brett it. Kavanaugh right I, now. Oh, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> screw you, Todd. The
2: punching's <laughs> loud.
0: <Go> screw yourself. <laughs> he sounds like copulate tricks. yourself, Todd. <laughs> 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 oh, gosh. <laughs> All
1: right, so Todd, I'm you're number 3 i I'm out of here. <laughs> Todd, you're I no- didn't he just the- wants a fair process, Todd. You said that. That's pun- all he's asking for is a fair process. You
2: said the punching's loud. I mean it was you
1: teed it up.
0: Yeah, well, I don't like cooking shows, okay? You were like, <laughs> what's your what's in your top five? Cooking. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, he's kinda got a point with that. He's kinda got a point. <laughs> right? I'm like, yeah, grand tour, going on big adventures, cooking.
1: <laughs> Todd's like, I'm not its target target demo. <laughs> but cooking. All right, so Todd, you're number three.
2: Uh, this show just ended last spring, uh, after a long, long run, uh, the middle, uh, yeah. Frankie Hack, uh, she's, uh, if, if you're, uh, conservative, you follow her on Twitter, Deborah, why is there, you know, uh, Patricia Heaton, is that who we're Patricia thinking of? Patricia Heaton, not Deborah. Deborah's her name on, yeah. on uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, a, a pro-life... Uh, Ray Romano's
1: wife from Everybody yeah, Loves Raymond.
2: Yeah, a pro-life actress. Uh, the most vocal one I can even uh, think of in Hollywood. But this show is great, and here's, here's why it's important uh, from a conservative perspective. I, people talk all the time about the contagion of social media, where you're getting on... And there's always been a a grass is always greener on the side component to kind of suburbia and living life in general. But here on social media, you know, you're getting on there and it's become a psychosis where people are always, you know, people are basically lying about their own lives on a regular basis and then comparing their lives to the 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 lies that people are telling. And here in the middle, it's it's their lives are. Uh, n- a mess on m- multiple normal everyday levels that we should be embracing. It's not even close to perfect in terms of the- their-, their quality as parents, the decisions they make, the, the general unkeptness of their house, uh, th- things like that. It kind of has a relationship with Roseanne, you know, very blue collar esque. Mm-hmm. So uh, it- the show uh, it was popular uh, for many reasons, but I think one of them is that it, it just made p- it. it- Got people to breathe and say, you know what, man? I, yeah, I—that's reality, and I see that, and I embrace it. And there's, there's love there.
1: I know a lot of people love that show. Where you? Wa- did you ever watch it? Uh, what show? The Middle.
0: The Middle. No, no. Okay. Yep. It shows you
1: that he didn't really pay attention to anything. He just said yeah. the <laughs> I'm sorry. Right, I think
0: I'm dead to him right <laughs> yeah. now. Yes. Yeah, you are. All right. Your number two show, Aaron. Uh, stranger Things. And I think what this says about conservatism is that if you give government enough power and enough yes. uh, power to uh, tax and there's very little accountability or checks on that power, they are literally capable of the worst possible things like ripping a hole in space time to the upside down.
1: Agreed. Now, if we had done a top six, this would have been sixth on my list. It it came down to Stranger Things or House of Cards for me. Um, I thought you would have Stranger Things on your list so we could still talk about it. Oh, nice. So I decided to give the tiebreaker to House of Cards. And when you turned House of Cards, when you turned your list in and House of Cards was on there, Mm -hmm. I was surprised. But yeah, Stranger Things would be on my list as well. I also love the way it almost perfectly captures the era that we grew up. You know, um I remember watching, you know, Leave It to Beaver or The Partridge Family. And you watch those shows with your parents when you're growing up and they talk about how the, whether this was similar to the way they grew up or not. And I mean, Stranger Things just nails the eighties. Just nails the eighties in a moderately suburban working class neighborhood. Um I knew or was one of every single one of those kids growing up. Um, from Atari to Dungeons and Dragons to the music, it It perfectly captures the the time period and it's got a really cool mythology as well.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen it, but um, I, I've heard wonderful things about it, so I probably
1: should. My number two is Man in the High Castle. The premise is great. Now, the first season you got to endure, but the second season, when we meet the man in the high castle, when the Nazi commander's son is a quote-unquote useless eater, he has a terminal illness, and under their utilitarian medical ethics, he therefore has to be euthanized because he, um, to each according to his abilities, for each according to his needs, right? Right. When we get into the the first season about setting up the universe that it's set in and setting up the characters and setting up the time period of what happens if the Axis had won World War II, how would things be different, is interesting. But I think the premise is more interesting than the execution, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't really care all that much in the first season about the characters. I just thought the premise was so darn interesting that I was willing to see how they were going to carry it forth. But season two, guys, season two is a piece de resistance. And the way that it ends, Hitler with with coups and counter coups, I don't want to spoil anything now for people that maybe want to watch it, but season two, man, really gets into the Nazi philosophy. When there's a funeral and they're literally sitting there inside an old American church because the U.S. is you know, the conquered states has been divided up. There's a neutral zone in the Midwest and the Pacific states belong to the Japs and the Eastern Bloc, you know, the East Coast belongs to the Nazis. And they're sitting there in an old, what looks like an old Anglican or Catholic church in the East Coast, having a funeral for a departed loved one and all the prayers and alms are to the state. And And they're thanking this human being for using their contributions and gifts to serve the state and the greater good, and there's no transcendence, no eternal significance at all. I mean, from a worldview standpoint, man, I I wonder if they know really how good they are with their with their with how well they're really pulling this off. So, season one really good, but the premise is better than the than um than the payoff. Season two is brilliance and i i can't recommend it high enough so it's my number two if i can convince this is on amazon isn't it yes if i can
2: convince my wife to want to watch it we'll watch season two i i I had the same reaction about season one i was interested i the 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 lead actress i found
1: kind of stiff yeah i can't stand her character at all but um you find out a little bit more about why she's like that when we get into season two
2: yeah but i might have to give it a go I didn't hate it. I mean, I, I actually liked it. I just didn't keep going.
0: I need to watch that show. I started to watch it one Christmas a few years ago. And yeah. I just, I fell asleep.
1: Get through enough of season one. And you know, guys, fast forward through boring stuff. I'm doing that more and more. Like, I don't care about relationships. I, I'm interested <laughs> in the <windows. laughs> You nice. know? Like, I, the other day, what was it I watched? <laughs> or a couple months ago, I watched season six of Green Arrow in, in two and a half hours. Every episode because I don't care about the side plots or the relationships. I'm, I'm interested in the larger mythos behind the show, right? Just get through season one and get through it and know enough about the characters so that you can get to season two. Season two. I it, watched the whole first season. I don't want I I to blaspheme here from a pop culture perspective. Season two is Empire Strikes Back again. Okay? It's at least... Like, careful now. It's at least like empires in the gated community, and they're like at least on the curb outside the gate. You know what I'm saying? They're least, they're they're hovering around the neighborhood. Season two is insane, insane.
0: Hmm. All right, what's your number one, Eric? Uh, number one, right I now. I still have currently. a number two to do. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. What's your ahead, number two? I'm sorry.
2: Uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones uh, does all the things and has continued to do them uh, without. Kind of having to cobble something still together. That House of Cards does. It is House of Cards set in the f- the fantasy land uh, uh, of uh, uh, the Middle Earth, and it's uh, the the stories. Uh, the characters are so well drawn. Uh, for example, one of them, I think they might be doing a reverse uh, Breaking Bad, where that director's. Did you watch Breaking Bad? I don't think you watch that either, Steve. Did you?
1: No, my wife is a huge Breaking Bad fan, but I never watched it.
2: But the whole point was that they wanted to take basically mr rogers and turn him into scarface in a Mm -hmm. believable way there's a reverse thing going on here with one particular character i think i mean it's it's definitely happened i i think it's going to be ultimately one of the signature pieces when this last season comes out his his level of redemption uh because he's he was the most terrible person at the beginning and through various trials uh and he's not he's not by no stretch perfect but there has been a level of redemption uh going on it's it's just it's it's way more than just um, blood and guts or the nudity that is in it it's not nearly the nudity is not nearly as bad as I heard it was going to be uh, from the beginnings Uh, so it's just incredibly
1: well done so I tried watching a few episodes of this Uh, we got a free trial subscription to HBO's app um, and I'd heard a lot about Westworld as well. So I tried watching the first few episodes of this, and what I found uh, is that it was essentially a marriage between Skinamax and Lord of the Rings with total, un- in- total undeniable nihilism, no heroes, only villains, and-, and I could see in season one the one character that I liked, Sean Bean's character, mm-hmm. I could see the way it was going, that he was gonna he wasn't gonna survive season one. And that they were gonna kill off the only person in the in the in the show interested, let alone deserving of any redemptive story. Because he has a checkered past too, from what I recall, right? Love child, he had had done some things in war that he wasn't proud of in the past. So he had made some enemies. But he was the only person on the show when I started to watch it that I thought was either interested or deserving of redemption. And I could see He was going to be the foil they were going to kill and then they were just going to have red weddings every episode basically it's just one tribe of near dwells and troglodytes versus another tribe and they just cancel each other out and kill each other and essentially which is fairly a fairly accurate representation of the pagan world of the dark ages actually okay minus any judeo-christian redemptive virtue that's pretty much the druidic world Uh, that's the that's the viking culture that's that's the pagan culture pagan warring culture and so I just I I thought I just didn't have any room for it man so I, I tapped out after oh, like five or six episodes de- there's definitely
2: heroes but regarding Sean Bean's character and his love child there's a definitely a not so fast element to all that the forward thinking on the script writing it's not just random um, bad guys against bad guys let's kill them off I mean, it, it's, it's as complex that the, the, the writers oh I know the, I'm in the minority yeah. I
1: mean I, so many people I know loved it I would have thought it would have been in my target demo I can even because I watch most episodes now in like 15 minutes because my attention span is so short the Skinamax thing and all that stuff that's what fast forward and all that stuff is for if I can't if I get to if I once I come to the conclusion that everybody here there's nobody to root for oh, well, they're definitely, I'm kind of out there's definitely people to root for and there was even a midget man
0: there's so, definitely people so,
1: so you know that's why you, I hung out a, yeah. I hung out an episode even yeah. longer because you know I'm all in on that yeah, yeah.
0: okay yeah. your thoughts Aaron uh, I've not seen any of this <clears throat> it's very one?
1: interesting we, the three of us are living by and large in different worlds okay go ahead
0: yeah um, number one right now is Better Call Saul which is a prequel to the uh, aforementioned Breaking Bad mm-hmm um this show, much like Ozark, just done in a much better way. I mean, the, the craft and the, the skill that is put into every single shot in both Breaking Bad, but especially Bret- Better Call Saul as well, um, from Vince Gilligan, the storytelling, the depth of character, the craft into making The show is the best. They are masters at this. So from that standpoint alone, it's a, it's a really great show. Um, what Better Call Saul does, though, it tells the story. Uh, Bob Odenkirk is uh, plays the lead character. It tells tells the story of James McGill, which is um, the guy who's later known in Breaking Bad as Saul Goodman, the corrupt lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really um, it, uh, much like Ozark and a, a lot like Breaking Bad. It shows the uh, it shows a a, a perfect picture. of of natural law um of human nature and of what true justice cosmic justice under natural law looks like in that at the end of things Everybody gets what they deserve, and I'm starting to see that uh, formulate in in Better Call Saul as well, as well as a little bit. Have you seen this show at all, Todd? I know you watched Breaking Bad.
2: No, and I was skeptical at the beginning about it, it they moves, were just trying to capitalize yeah. and make money. But I've heard nothing but good things as yeah. well. I've it, heard rave
0: reviews for this too. Yeah, it it moves kind of slow sometimes, but it is a really good. Did it, you see Breaking Bad? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, a couple times through somehow. Um, but one of the best scenes I've ever
2: seen in television was in breaking bad in that final season when uh, Jesse is the meth slave yeah I yeah it was such profound yep. profound filmmaking yeah
0: yeah so I uh, that uh, as far as what it says about conservatism again there's no there's no explicit uh, here's what fills in the gap from your um, uh, for your depravity basically yeah uh, I, what it implies, though, is that do anything to anything but um, but what but 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 evil do anything but break bad, essentially, um, because everybody at the end of the, at, at the end of the show um, gets what they deserve. And I'm starting to see that kind of work. It's And then there's one other thing about um, kind of can't is it possible for people to change nature versus nurture, that type of thing, that argument is going on. And um, it, it's 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 answered. Can you change your nature? And so far, it's answered in the negatory through season three. And I I've got a DVR on YouTube TV, and I'll go home and watch uh, last yesterday's episode tonight. Um, but it is it's a great show. It's really good.
1: So that I don't forget you, what's your number one? I go. Uh,
2: it is unexpectedly uh, the Crown. About Queen Elizabeth, uh, the, it, it start. The first two seasons were about the the young Queen Elizabeth, r- right right when she became queen. Uh, and then um, its its plan is now uh, the next two seasons. I think its plan is to go six full seasons. The next two th- seasons where they recast everybody to be older, and then they're going to do it again recast everybody Uh, this is where you uh, the Claire Foy the actress who played Queen Elizabeth and now she's in the we talked about that with Mike Woody the um, the dragon the woman with the the dragon dragon tattoo tattoo thing yeah Brilliant! I mean, brilliant to become uh, Queen Elizabeth. I mean, you 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 think she's her, and why I liked it unexpectedly. I mean, this was a show I I, I like history enough, and my wife, uh, I I thought would uh, you know connect with the characters and things like that. And and it what it does is it it has such respect for uh, the importance of tradition, not for tradition's sake, but it fleshes out what what this what the point of this whole thing is not just with the monarchy but with marriage the 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 many rumors that there are about uh, prince philip and queen elizabeth's relationship and whether he was a philanderer But it and him trying to find his place in the world as as the man of the house. She she legitimately wants him to be the man of the house. But I'm the queen. How does he find his place in that? And they they have this. There's one episode. It's so well done where they have uh, they had gotten in a fight. There's some tension, and then he has to go off and be in a like a three month long ambassador across the world. And their love letters to one another, and 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 how they're coming back together. uh, it, it, It. I was very, very pleasantly surprised. And there's also one episode in there. It was so uncomfortably decadent about the sister who is the younger sister of Queen Elizabeth, who is always known to be kind of a troublemaker. And the person she married and what he was involved in this a homosexual underground. And the show, it just it goes. This is why when it comes to. You know, we talk about nudity on Game of Thrones, but there and Aaron also brought up uh, uh, something about one of the shows he was watching and how the decadence involved. It it, you know, it's not something you put your kids in front of, but in terms of painting a reality and giving you a visceral reaction that puts in context the whole thing they're trying to accomplish, that one really uncomfortable episode that they dedicate to her sister just makes all the more powerful what they're doing episode after episode about uh the, the 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 dignity of queen elizabeth who inherited this at a very young age and at least at this point was tr- uh, was trying to do the very very uh best she could and to um reflect the very best uh of the monarchy and the tradition of her country there's great chris there's some her meeting of billy graham is yeah, in my there. wife
1: loves this so she she said that billy graham is in the, is in yeah, the yeah and i thought that was a
2: fascinating episode and her trying to you know really try to put meat on the bones uh of her faith uh i i, I highly recommend
0: you watch this at all Aaron? I have not, no. I've heard a lot of good things about it, though.
1: Yeah, my wife's a big fan. She loves the show as well. My number one right now is The Flash. I think it is the best embodiment of a superhero that's ever been done on a television show. They absolutely nail the character. Grant Gustin is terrific. Um, There's a huge emphasis on family in the show. That when a family is right it's his strongest asset even stronger than his superpower when it's wrong it's his biggest weakness even um stronger than his superpower, he can't overcome it. Uh, I think the show's very well written. It's exceedingly well cast. Lots of cool Easter eggs and pop culture references. I can't remember the young actor who plays uh, Vibe, Cisco Ramon, but he is in particular. He is great. Um, uh, we love it as a family. Now I'm a little concerned. I hope I'm wrong. Um, they have they have um, resisted supergirling this show because supergirl is essentially and i i really want to like it um but but i mean supergirl has essentially become if the democratic national committee wrote a superhero movie this is what it would be like and it's like every episode even after a while at first my kids were like tired of me complaining about it and then my kids started complaining about it, and they were like this show sucks I don't want to watch it anymore alright so our whole family is tapped out I'm I'm reading some rumors about what the forthcoming episode of Flash could be I'm hoping I'm wrong so far for the most part they have resisted the urge to do that and have just told really good compelling stories with characters you care about so for now it is my number one but um, if total depravity has taught us anything is that we have we reserve the right to dunk on you and kick you to the curb later so you guys watch the flash and all
2: no okay. so really quickly you i found him humorous and endearing in his own way in justice league you found him annoying uh who who is the flash supposed to be in terms of a personality
1: i i think that gustin does a great job as barry allen He's getting much better as a Flash. You know, like the Spider-Man characters. You know, we just recently watched one of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. He's so good as a Peter Parker. So not good as a as Spider-Man. Well, I thought Andrew Garfield was just not a believable Peter Parker. But the swag and swagger of a Spider-Man in the suit, I thought he was better than Tobey Maguire. Now, we all, and Our family all agrees with that. And then we also agree Tom Holland is the perfect mixture of the two. So, Gustin is exactly right as Barry Allen. He's getting more confident because we're also seeing the beginning of a superhero. So he's not fully that fully character that full character yet. He is becoming more. The Flash is similar in terms of his snarkiness and like Spider Man is. And Gustin's getting better at that as the character gets gets into season six now. I think it is or season season four. Um, what uh, and I thought. They way overdid that with Ezra Miller in the Justice League movie. Way overdid that. I I thought that that was almost a caricature of the Flash and not the actual Flash in a way. Like someone was writing about him in the third person of what they thought the Flash was, and they kind of got a few things right, but I thought it was way over the top. You 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 watch this at all, Eric?
0: No. Okay.
1: This is I am interested. I, I did not realize we are like living very separately. In terms of our taste away from the show, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. That, that way, we didn't sit here and, and discuss all the same things, you know, that, you know, the audience got a pretty good, diverse list of programming. So, Grant, thank you very much for the suggestion. We appreciate it. And if there's ever anything like this in the future you guys want us to t- tackle on the show, don't hesitate. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can hit me up on Facebook or Twitter at Steve Day Show. If you got time today to leave us a positive review at iTunes or Stitcher or click on that little subscribe button at iTunes or Stitcher, we would greatly appreciate either one. Those of you that have done either one, thank you very much. Until tomorrow, John 317.
2: Steve Dace. Ah!